Hey folks, this is Dylan and I want to welcome you to the Eat Wild Podcast. This podcast is about learning to hunt, it's about conservation and mentorship and adventures and over the course of uh, the next little while here I hope to bring forward a bunch of interesting guests and tell some stories and hopefully take you on a few adventures, so check it out. feeling rick uh, i'm ready for bed it's uh it's nearly 8 32 so boy past our bedtime what time did we go to bed last night i think a little before seven o'clock no we made it in the we made it i think we made it past seven o'clock there's one of the factors that's happening here is the bugs are are about as bad as i think i've ever experienced bugs so like the thought of being inside the nice bug-free tent is quite inviting so, the only we, shame, of course, is that the view is not as nice here as it was from camp. Yeah, that's right. The, the view is pretty spectacular. So right now we're we're situated. We, I'll just give you the rundown. So we 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 flew in yesterday at around eleven o'clock. Um, it's at an hour flight, uh, which was just gorgeous. You're flying over the the like the, the peace the Peace River country and then over the Rocky Mountain foothills, and then we kept going further and further into the Rockies. And, uh, and there's this little gravel airstrip uh, next to the river, right at the headwaters of the river. <laughs> and we flew over it a few times with the pilot, and then uh, and he put us down there. So um, And then he promptly turned around and flew away. So You had the headphones on, Dylan, to talk to the pilot. Was he making those passes for our benefit to like, look for animals, or was he looking at the airstrip, or what was he doing? Uh, he was pretty cool. Like, he, he spent a bit of time flying on the way in. Like, he, he definitely went, like, surprisingly close to the mountains to, so we could kind of have a peek at, at the uh, terrain and, and the critters that might be living there. Um, but I think when he came over the airstrip, his, uh, I, well, first of all, he's got to drop some elevation, so I think he just sort of circled above it, dropping elevation. And then I, and I, I'm assuming he probably has a real close look at it to make sure that, no debris or anything like that is washed up on the, so onto the uh, airstrip. And then I think he was also talking a lot about wind. Uh, one of the things he said that after we were on the ground, he was, he says it's really it's not a you know it's kind of nice to land in into into a bit of a headwind because you've got lots of control. But he says in a strip like we're in where um, we flew sort of down and into the strip, and if you, I guess we were kind of flying towards the mountains so he landed and uh his bow would have been towards the mountains and so in order to take off he's got to turn around and fly back out but that would mean that the wind would be at his tail so we had about a 15 knot wind and so that means he's got to pick up an extra 15 nautical miles an hour to get ahead of the things to get enough loft under his wings so so he asked us to sort of give them a weather report when we call in to get picked up. So, yeah, lots of wind is, is, is not good for taking off in mountain uh, airstrips. So I, I was wondering why you couldn't just take off 
flying the opposite direction on the runway, but I guess it's because he would run out of valley. He'd run out of valley, yeah. He would run out of valley and run into the mountain. So, so yeah, no, I think that was, uh, it was a pretty amazing job. I mean, what, what a job that guy has. I mean, like, I, it's quite scary, like, the moment that you're kind of coming down towards the strip and bouncing off the strip a few times before things sort of settle out. It's, it's, how, how did you feel? Uh, well, I was trying to, I was looking through my camera trying to film the whole thing. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, I, I thought he made a pretty good landing. Have you done that before? Have you been in a float plane like that? Or, a, I mean, sorry, a bush plane, I should say? Uh, yeah, maybe, I don't think I've landed in a plane that small on a strip that rough. But, uh. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just uh, his, his demeanor was so confidence inspiring that I did, I also didn't really notice how many alder were growing out of the airstrip until we were walking along the ground. <laughs> yeah, we, we did our part on the way when we hiked back uh, down the valley on our way uh, uh, to climb the mountain. We pulled a bunch of alders out of the airstrip. They're young ones, but yeah, I guess they just get chopped up by the propeller by the wheels. Yeah, or the <laughs> propeller. Anyway, so we landed. And then uh, we, what the hell did we do? Oh, we got set up. Uh, we looked around for a spot to, to set up camp for the night because we decided we weren't going to just rush up in the mountains. There was a, enough country just nearby there that we could, uh, uh, there was lots of, lots of terrain to look at, lots of habitat to check out. So we spent the, what, the day, kind of walked down the river or something and ended up glassing for a while. Went from being in a seated position to propped up on one elbow to suddenly having a half-hour nap. Oh, it's so relaxing. Relaxing. It's like, yeah, it's a little like meditating. You just sort of lay around and look over the same piece of train over and over again and hope something walks out. And how many animals did we see yesterday? Uh, not, not counting. Not counting the, the porcupine this morning. No, yeah, that was. Nothing. I don't think we saw anything, did we? I, I didn't see anything. Oh, no, we saw the caribou. Was that yesterday? Yeah, it was caribou, yes. A couple caribou came up over the ridge. All right. So then, we, anyways, we got set up. We had a little, we, we uh, set up our, our tent and had a, made ourselves a little home. And uh, we also sort of sorted out our cash because we brought, we did bring a couple of beers and we brought a bottle of fine, finest Tennessee whiskey you, could, you can get. And uh, some extra food and stuff because there's a there's a real good chance like it, the reality is that this pilot like if there if the winds were any stronger he may not have been able to take off or come in and land and even when we flew in like there was a pretty pretty significant rain cloud just up at the head of the valley we landed in and and uh, so if that rain cloud were to sit on top of us we may not get out and 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 we've been kind of dealing with this inclement weather since we've been here where it's sort of rain cloud and then sunny for a bit and then rain cloud and then sunny for a bit and then rain cloud and then rain cloud and then rain cloud today so i that's actually kind of what i thought we'd talk about a bit on this podcast is what how the hell how do you stay dry when you when you're in the mountains yeah you borrowed dylan's Gore-Tex. yes I happen to have two Sitka rain gear sets. 
courtesy of Sitka warrantying my last set. So this, the the ones that you're wearing actually leak a little bit. So I, I thought I felt a little <laughs> bit of water coming in. Yeah, a little bit, just in the shoulders. But hey, they warrantied them, and they're still great shape. So yeah. Anyways, uh, we ended up. So yeah, we packed up our camp this morning. We 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 hung all our stuff in, in a, our cache in a tree. We uh, had to cross the river, which involved blowing up this, I guess, this little pack raft that uh, turned out to be kind of neat. And we shuttled across the river. That was kind of exciting. And then we stashed that on the other side of the river. And then we made for uh, we made for for our for our mountain. So we spent about four or five hours climbing up here, something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. Coming off that horse trail, uh, lots of animal tracks. I don't, I don't know if uh, if that was lots of tracks from your point of view, uh, but I thought it was a lot and great variety. Great variety. We definitely saw. There's a big moose that walked out there. There was a, definitely a, a, a grizzly for sure, and then a big black bear too. You can tell the difference between a a grizzly and a black bear by how 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 far offset the uh, claws are from its toe pads so if there's a couple inches from where you can see the claw depression and the toe pad depression uh, it's an indication that it's a uh, a grizzly bear they just have longer claws and if you see the claws or marks are just at the end of the toe pad depression then that's likely a black bear so we definitely saw both saw wolf track uh, you, you thought you saw some goat tracks no I think we saw or, uh, sheep tracks. we saw sheep tracks yeah a couple spots so that was that was encouraging, and elk tracks, and perhaps most concerning, uh, some human tracks. Yes, yes. Well, well, we, I, I think those human tracks have something to do with the, uh, uh, the cowboy maybe coming through here maintaining the trail. Uh, someone that did some recent work on the trail. I suspect the guide outfitters who, um, based on our observations from today, uh, once we got up top here, up this beautiful valley, which. Um, Sort of, there's now we're kind of at the center point of three different valleys that are kind of joined where we're camped, um, and there's sort of rolling grass hills in every direction, um, and there's elk everywhere we look. So there's uh, just above us feeding. There's like five bull elk, all mature, gorgeous bulls, um, hanging out, and then over in the other valley, there's a couple of cows and. And uh, quite a few elk trails here and there. So I, I guess this is a spot that probably the, the outfitter would definitely come hunt uh, in September. And that kind of all adds up. So they're, they're probably clearing trails so they can come here and uh, hunt elk. And, um, which I'm very thankful for that trail. So speaking of staying dry. Uh, yesterday we, we got uh, rained on a fair bit but we did take precautions to set up a tarp as soon as it started to rain. And we hunkered under our tarp so that we could stay dry. And then if you leave the tarp, you gotta, you got to put your rain gear on. Because the, the, the challenge of, of being up here is that once, once you're wet, like you, you, you may not be able to get dry if it keeps raining. If, if the sun comes out and the wind picks up, you can dry out in a few minutes. It's fantastic, but... Uh, in years past when we've done this, that hasn't happened for days on end. So once you get wet, you're screwed. The uh, Anyway, so I was quite feeling quite good about the fact today we had more rain. So we found the horse trail right first thing in the morning, which allowed us a, a fairly un, unencumbered walk up this mountain 
and we weren't pushing through bush all day, which was I was very thankful for. So w- without the horse trail, you would just have to go cross country to your to your destination, and that would require, you know, for the for the most part, pushing through a bunch of evergreen forest on the way at the bottom, and then eventually transitioning to slide alder or willow uh, as you work your way up the mountain, and then eventually to some you know heather or whatever else is up here. Um, but fortunately, that's all. It was all nicely cleared, and there was a fairly well used horse trail. So, you know, with the exception of a few boughs and stuff that we had to push out of the way, I, we stayed fairly dry. Because um, even with the best green, rain gear in the world, you're not like if that if those tree branches and bushes and and uh, whatnot and leaves brush over top of your rain gear, just eventually it'll saturate, and you're gonna get wet. So, well, that was nice. It seemed like uh, down in the lowlands, the trail was nice and wide, but up top, once we got to these meadows, um, it's a lot, a lot tighter and a lot more brush, uh, kind of tied in on both sides of the trail. Yeah, yeah. I think there are a couple of reasons. I think when you get up in the Alpine too, like some of the horses might kind of just wander wherever they want to go, and uh, and they kind of braid the trail a bit, or just don't define the one. And I think just the regen is so so rapid up here, like it's such. That uh, the uh, meadowy vegetation is, uh, or alpine vegetation, just crowds way more. I think once you once you hammer in a trail, like in, in an evergreen forest, it, it doesn't have the same understory to kind of overtake the trail again. Yeah, but that was nice. So then, uh, what the hell else was going on? How how heavy was your pack? Was it sixty five plus? Uh... You 65 before the gun? I think you're just 63 before the gun, 63 yeah. 63 before the gun. Yeah, you're pretty heavy. I, I was, I'm 63 with my gun. And uh, it wasn't killer, but it wasn't terribly pleasant either. You've got a bag of dates, though. I think it's about six pounds. <laughs> it's, uh, That's a pretty... I think it's two and a half kilograms of dates. Can that be right? That seems like... It seems insane, but it's a quite the bag one. I was wondering why. I was like, how could he... Like, how come his bag is, like, 10 pounds heavier than mine? And then I saw the bag of dates, and then now I know why. Dates are almost pure sugar, man. They're uh, perfect for carb loading. I guess so. And they have probably a lot of fiber in them, too. Yeah, probably good, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe too much fiber. We'll see. We'll okay, well, okay. <laughs> okay, fill, fill our audience in on the podcast when that happens. Uh, okay, so once we got up here, uh, a couple things posted. So on our way up, we, we every once in a while, we'd like we'd see the, the big black rain cloud coming, and then we'd uh, look for dense conifers, and then, uh, and then hunker down. Because uh, the dense conifer, like, like an old, like a, with a, the biggest with a conifer with the biggest canopy you can find, if you sit underneath it, it probably gets about like 10% of the rain that if you were standing out in the meadow. So as soon as you saw that black rain cloud coming, we we uh, hunker down under our little our tree. And, uh, and ideally a tree with a... Uh, big with lots of branches, but not so many branches low down that we couldn't look at the other side of the valley. Yeah, we lucked out in that one spot that we had to hunker down. We had a good... <laughs> Had very nice moss too. Nice moss, great view. Hung out there for a while. That was nice. And then we took about like fifty steps. So we got sunny for a second, and then we got all geared up and walked another fifty steps, and then it hit us again. Yeah, that one might have been my bad. I was kind of itching to get out of there. 
Yeah, okay. Well, it, well, it, it was. Yeah. It, we, we did find an even more covered forest, though, for that second break. Which And you did break out a podcast for that one. That was kind of pleasant. Yeah, yeah we're listening to a hypothetical alternate future where the sitting president uh, uh, tries to prevent the inauguration of a Trump like uh, president elect. It's funny because I was saying just before you put that podcast on, I was like, you know, I'm really looking forward to having this like break, you know, break from alcohol, <laughs> break from Trump news, you know, I can like get over all my terrible vices and, and over the, over the course of this hike. And then, and then you've got me all gripped and by this like podcast about basically, well, a pseudo Trump story, which, uh, well, after, after that, we can get back to more wholesome podcasts from John Griffith. God, maybe some Tom Clancy. What else do you have? No, we go Wilbur Smith, man. Oh, Wilbur, Smith. Wilbur, the adventure writer for all hunters. Yeah, cool. So, the other thing that we we at some point we, we were hanging out the trail, and eventually we ran out of trees to duck under, and, and and the skies opened up again. So we we demonstrated our tarp setting up skills quite rapidly, and sat around on a tarp again. That was that was a smart move. But the, uh, anyways, but I, we did manage to get all the way up here in that rainstorm, and we are dry in our bunks. Um, apparently, we're in a fire ban right now in British Columbia. Um, so, you know, we can't have a fire and dry out. But I wonder if that applies to rain soaked, <laughs> like brush. Yeah. All the creeks around here are blown out. Like, there's not, there's, there's, there's water's been places that, you know, water I'm sure hasn't been in 50 years right now. In this valley, it's uh, it's quite remarkable. And we're camped on this like uh, we had a hard time finding a spot to camp that was flat and dry. This is flat. It may not be dry. <laughs> we'll find out. It, it's about I'd say it's uh, maybe eighteen inches above the current level of the creek. So, would you, would you agree with that? I'd say about eighteen inches. And I think like I think we saw the creek come up about six inches like at <laughs> the time we were having dinner. So yeah. So. It won't possibly reach us. It couldn't, couldn't possibly reach us. Yeah. But we didn't have a choice. It was everywhere it was wet, so here we are. Just are curling among boulders. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah boulder field everywhere else we are. Yeah. Anyways, what are we doing tomorrow, Rick? Uh, well, tomorrow we're going to have a nice little day hike up uh, Spur Valley that leads up into the west. Um, we think it'll get us up a little bit higher and uh, maybe get us into some sheep country. Yeah, so we're looking around here. What have, we've seen uh, lots, lots, well, lots of elk, like I was saying. Uh, there's elk kind of everywhere around here, so I think we've got to get a little higher. But mind you, we just as we were just going to bed here, two goats just po- actually poked their head over the ridge right above camp and were staring down at us and feeding. So I meant to ask you, what, is, what does that tell us? So that the elk were kind of telling you that maybe we should be a little bit higher up. Do the goats uh, ha- have some kind of similar indicator? Uh, no, not not particularly. Um, I mean, goats, right, the only thing that goats usually tell me is that how pressured an area is. If, if goats are, goats are very um, susceptible to hunting pressure because they don't really go anywhere uh they don't go too far so if they're if they're anywhere that a you know a hunter can get to them they're they're often not here so 
Um, so I, it's kind of a good indication that if they're that close to the trail where they are, that and they're both billies, which I think they are, um, that's a good sign. That means doesn't not a ton of people come through here and hunt. So, uh, well, maybe that's a bad sign because if it was if there were sheep everywhere, then maybe it would get hunted more. But uh, we also saw some caribou up high on top of the ridge. So still haven't seen a sheep yet, but I'm I'm optimistic we're going to find some. So maybe by, by the next podcast, we'll be into sheep country. Yeah. So what's our, so we're going to hike up tomorrow and then, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if we really made more concrete plans than that, but we're, we're kind of, uh, near a confluence of three valley systems. So we're going to check one of them out tomorrow and, uh, that looks good. I guess we'll spend the whole day there. Yeah, we'll spend um, all day there, yeah. But we have an opportunity also to, to move camp um, just uh, just a few kilometers and get up into the mouth of another valley system, uh, which would take us uh, potentially all the way north into the next um, major river valley. So yeah. we got a lot of options. Yeah, we, I kind of like that. So we'll, we'll probably spend a couple days here just, uh, yeah, we'll try out the three valleys here, probably pick one off each day and then... And if nothing exciting happens, then let's pick up camp and and uh, go down and into the next valley and see if we can find sheep there. Anyways, so we're dry. We're time for maybe maybe we could put on our uh, Trump podcast and, and uh, get, let it lull us to sleep. Let it lull us to sleep. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. All right. See you later, everyone. Okay. Good night. Mm-hmm.